The Voice of the Black and Amber, Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Jadwick's Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM for Top Class Sport. And you're very welcome to Community Radio Kilkenny City's Talksport here on Sunday the 25th of September and we have another jam-packed programme for you uh, this Sunday evening a lot of big games on this weekend one game didn't take place more about that and on we had the draws not too long ago for the St. Canis's Credit Union Senior Hurling Semi-Finals and that's all Clara or the Shamrocks Ballyhale versus Tullerone and Dixborough and James Stevens. now isn't that a mouth-watering semi-final well the other one ain't bad either now for that matter and uh, the Dixborough James Stevens game will be on next Sunday with the Shamrocks Ballyhale game uh, in UPMC Nolan Park we don't have the precise time yet now they may have gone up in the last hour I'll spot. I'll look, check it in a few moments but uh, the, but that game, semi-final with Tullerone will take place the following weekend and of course then we're into county final after that so it's going to be a busy weekend for the team that comes through all of those games and in the uh, games at the weekend we saw Tullerone defeat Heron's own James Stevens defeat Bennis Bridge Dixborough Borough defeat Mullinavash and the Shamrocks uh, Ballyhale Clara game was postponed due to the death of uh, Patrick Holden and all of us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City send our condolences to the family of the late Patrick Holden one hell of a good hurler he was as well saw him in his uh, in his heyday as it were so our condolences to his wife Stacia daughter Karina Katrina sons Podrick Sean Joey and Liam and all the rest of the family and the funeral is on tomorrow evening at Donica Dial's uh, uh, funeral home in uh, Granny Kilmacow, five to eight, and then mass on uh, when on uh, twelve o'clock. Then on uh, Tuesday in the All Saints Church, Knockmile. And so we send our deepest condolences to all of Patrick Holden's family. An absolute gentleman, and uh, God speed him on his journey uh, to uh, the next spot. In the Junior A Championship, we saw the wins for Greg the Man over Kilmacow, Wingap over Ballyrags, St. Patrick's Ballyrags and John Locks over Steve Rue, and this afternoon, Blacks and Whites over Emeralds. And all of that meant when the draw took place in UPMC Nolan Park, it was Tullerhurst-Berkin versus Wingap, John Locks versus the Blacks and Whites, and Pilltown versus Greg the Manor. And in the Junior B section, this weekend, we had Dixborough defeating Liz Downey and James Stevens overcoming Moonkind this morning, and that means the Section B final is an all-city derby. Derby, James Stevens versus Dixborough. We have an all city derby in the senior as well. And in the minor A, we saw Dixborough defeat Greg Bally Callan and James Stevens defeat Heron's own. So it's an all city derby in the minor A as well. Three teams, we'll see what Patrice has to say about that. In minor B, Thomastown, good win over Glenmore and Rory Nestig defeat St. Martins after uh, extra time. In the minor C, I uh, don't have anything on that yet, but it's coming in. But it is, um, uh, Emeralds have just got two goals in the first five minutes that's what it's telling me didn't get a half time score but I suspect that means the Emeralds are leading Conaghy the Borough are playing uh, St. Lacton's Freshford as well we'll pick up that one uh, later on in the Junior County Final uh, today it was St. Bridge Junior C St. Bridges 4-13 Young Ireland's 4-5 so congratulations uh, to uh, St. Bridges the Kilkenny first in rugby well they didn't go too well this weekend they were defeated by Setonians first 38-19 but the seconds it was better for them they won uh, 24 
nil against Sotonians. In uh, ladies hockey, ladies division one, or division 11, I should say, Mukra six nil, Kilkenny third seven. In ladies division nine, Kilkenny second six, Portran seconds nil. And in ladies division one, it was Kilkenny first two, Corinthians three. Soccer we had over the weekend, uh, the under 21 Europe playoff, Ireland one, Israel one, and the UEFA Nations League last night, Scotland two, Ireland one. And in other rugby, the United Rugby Championship, Leinster 42, Benetton 10, Scarlets 39, Leinster 55, Stormers 38, and Mon- Connacht 15. I didn't pick up the actually Munster one. I know it's played, but I get it while match reports are on. And uh, commiserations to Marty Lahey. No joy last night in the Derby final. I'm afraid Marty's dog, she was a bit slow coming out of traps and then got banjacks at the first bend and the third bend, and that put paid to that uh, chances last night. But he did, Kem, he, I'm not sure where he came, but he had a few bob out of it anyway. Let's start with our match reports and the UPMC Nolan Park yesterday. Tullerone and Aaron's own squared up and our man on the spot there was Kieran Muldowney. St. Canis's Credit Union Senior Hurling Championship quarter final. Tullerone 18 points, Aaron's own 15 points. A rousing last 15 minutes in which they outscored their opponents by 6 points to 2. Laid the way for this victory for Tullerone in a hard fought and enthralling tussle in Nolan Park yesterday. It was the Comer men who got off to the better start and led by 4 points to 2 after 7 minutes. Jack Boogie, the scorer of all the Comer scores, 3 frees and 1 from play, to which Tullerone replied with a Shane Welsh free and a good score by John Walton after good work by Garrow Dunn and Mossy Keown. Shane Welch with the first of his five from play and Tom Austin in the 10th minute had his level at four points apiece. Shane Fien got a good score for Aaron's own in the 11th minute to put them back in front five points to four but from here to half time it was the Shane Welch show. As he moved in a switch with Mossy Keown Shane went out to centre forward and proceeded to score the next five points. Two from play, two from freeze in a 65 in a spellbinding 10 minute display from the affable Tullerone man. On the call of half time Jack Boogie did score a free for Castle Comer side but at half time it was Tullerone who led nine points to six. A brilliant sideline ball from Jack Boogie got the second half underway as Comer laid down a marker early on that they weren't going to go out of this one. Connor Fogarty and Jack Boogie from play levelled the scores after 33 minutes. In fairness to Tullerone they replied well and a good score by Mossy Keown out on the right hand side saw them go back in front by the minimum. Owen Brennan levelled it after 39 minutes before two more brilliant scores from play by Shane Welsh put the Tullerone men in front 12 points to 10 with 20 minutes to go if Welsh was doing the damage at one end while Conor Fogarty turned it on at the other end two brilliant scores from play as well as setting up one for Owen Brennan saw the Aaron's own men go in front for the first time with 15 minutes to go as they led by 13 points to 12 substitute Peter Welsh levelled it a minute later and then Shane Welsh pointed three consecutive frees and with four minutes of normal time to go it was Tullerone who led 16 points to 13 a jack boogie free did give the Comer men some hope but Tullerone finished strongly again Bill Gaffney and Garrow Dunn, who had had been held quite up to this, saw, Comer st- uh, saw Tullerone stretch out to four-point lead at 18 points to 14. Jack Boogie did go for a goal with a late free, but it went over the bar, and it was Tullerone who held on to win in a very, very good game. The final score... 
Tullerone, 18 points. Aaron's own, 15 points. Yeah, well done to uh, Tullerone. And commiserations to Aaron's own. They've had a very good year. Those two results I didn't have earlier were St. Lactus, 2.17. Dixborough, 3.3. Three. That was in the Ryan C minor semi-final. The other one is on at the moment. Emeralds and Connie Sharmrocks. Emeralds leading at half-time. And in that rugby game, it was Dragons, 23. Munster, 17. Not going too well at all for the Munster men with their new management. After the game, we spoke to the um, St. Canister Credit Union Community Radical Kenny City. Man of the match from that game, Shane Walsh. Shane, that was a tough game that you had there today and I mean you really only came good in the, in the end it was looking like it could even go to extra time yeah no uh, look we've played Comer over the last three years and there's one thing here for sure in Comer it's always going to be a tough battle I mean, look we're delighted to get away with the win there today but we've so much to improve on going on for the, the next few weeks but look a credit to Comer like we played them in the league there in the slashing rain and they had a completely different team out there today all over but by God they came with some spirit today yeah look at in the second half you were playing very out the field for and Mossy was left on his own inside or, or you were on your own inside you, you were certainly moving around the field a fair bit yeah I suppose the way the way it was it looked like they set up with a sweeper maybe or something like that so we probably just tried to work it out a bit you know, sometimes games look you can do all the tactics you want but uh, games like that kind of just take a, a world of their own that's what kind of happened out there well I suppose after the league final last week there's a danger that maybe everyone thought including me that this was going to be maybe a game that Tyrone would win handy enough and I'm glad you, you didn't buy into that because you had to work hard from the start and at times Comer looked like they, were, they could win this game no no look uh, we made that mistake there a few years ago uh, I remember the thing that J- Jimmy Coogan really focused on when he took us over was the difference between league and championship um, so we knew look the league in the bridge was a, a completely different day completely, completely different time of hur- or type of hurling so today was going to be totally different and look championship games are just there for winning so we're happy with that Shane let you in the spitting with cold thanks thanks Nick ok I also spoke to the uh, Tullerall manager Ken Coogan Ken Coogan we were here last week obviously watching you win the league very impressively and uh, look maybe it was unreasonable to think you were going to take off in the same way but certainly Comer made a very good fight but for a long long time for sure Nicky um, look we knew coming into it, it those matches are a nightmare really they're just so dangerous because Comer were excellent last weekend and their hurling was excellent their, their work rate was excellent and our match was a, I think it was a different level altogether it was just there was no hitting in there anything like that so we really really did know that this was going to be the story today and look we're just get happy to get over it you had to work hard there now all through and you were depending on Shane Welch maybe from freeze a lot of the time you were working trying to work the ball from deep I found an awful lot of space was in front of the Comer goal was that intentional or were you we did you were moving around the field a lot and yeah yeah I think it was a funny kind of a game uh, look obviously Comer playing a sweeper and they've been playing it for the last few weeks and they're very very good at him accustomed to it and maybe we wouldn't be as, as accustomed to it and look we try to use the ball as best we can but I think I think today the fact is it was our first championship match we were put, being put under such pressure when we had the ball that's the difference from the league I think maybe we, were, we weren't using the ball as well as we could and then we weren't getting the ball to the players that we wanted to get into and maybe the ball was going into space too much and going straight to a corner that's the way it was a lot of the match but um, look at work in the end Your backs were excellent in the last 10 minutes Comer did put a fair bit of effort in but I thought you were very dominant and uh, you set up a lot of scores up the field passing the ball off to Shane or, or Matthew as the case might be. Yeah, yeah, we did. We, we we came to terms with them in the end. I suppose Conor Fogarty was causing a bit of havoc there in the, from the real start of the second half, and we had to put a lad on him and left one of our lads free. And it kind of we just got to grips him in the last ten minutes, I think. But they said coming back again. I mean, it probably wasn't. I know I was saying it again, it wasn't going to be any other way. But I think we used the ball very well in the end. We had that bit more space, and we kind of hit him on the counter there. So at the end, Shane got a good few pints there. But lucky to go over, I suppose. Yeah, look, semi-final now, and we'll let you off. I know you want to talk to the lads. Thanks for talking to us, Ken. Thanks very much.
Yeah, that was Ken Coogan, the uh, Tullerone manager. And um, after that game, it was up James Stevens and uh, Bennis Bridge. They took to the field in UPMC in Orland Park. Our man on the spot was Liam Kelly O'Rourke. James Stevens 120, Bennis Bridge 115. And in a game that left a lot to be desired for three quarters of the contest, the final quarter was very, very exciting as James Stevens and Bennis Bridge battled for a place in the Senior Hurling Championship semi final. In the opening moment, scores were free flowing. Bennis Bridge took the lead from Hugh O'Neill. Luke Scanlon responded almost straight away for the village men before two scores from Kevin Blanchfield and Nicky Clear put Bennis Bridge into an early three points to one lead. But from that point onwards, scores dropped up from play with much of the scores coming from place bowls as Niall Brazel and Nicky Clear had their radars on right throughout the 60 minutes. The first real goal chance of the game came shortly afterwards as Kieran Brennan got on a breaking ball, went in past the James Stevens defence and forced Gavin Costigan into a low and hard save. A good stop by the village keeper. A Nicky Clear free then extended the Bennis Bridger lead to three points at six points to three. James Stevens had a goal chance of their own in the 16th minute. Matthew Root caught a great ball, found Tygo Dwyer, whose shot was well saved by Enda Clear. Both goalkeepers brought to life in the first half. Niall Brazel stepped up then to the resulting 65 and popped it over the bar to bring the margin back down to two points. A well-constructed score, with the move starting from Keane Kenny, finding Willie Spencer, and eventually slotted over by Matt Ruth, made it a one-point game at six points to five, with ten minutes of the first half remaining. And then both free-takers were called into action once again, taking each other on on place balls, leaving the scoreline at half-time at nine points to eight in Bennis Bridges' favour. Really, the first half was intriguing, although poor in terms of quality, with Nicky Clear and Niall Brazel faultless from place balls. Well, there was very little between the sides, with Bettisbridge just edging it, and perhaps would have been a little frustrated uh, overplaying the ball at certain moments. In the second half then, James Stevens bagged the first point from Niall Brazel, but Bridge raced out of the blocks with Nicky Clear scoring two fabulous scores, the second of which had brilliant strike from the 65, along with an opening point from Hugh O'Neill and Kieran Brennan, giving the Bridgemen a 13 points to 9 lead six minutes into the second half. But the ever-reliant Niall Brazel stood up to the place balls once again, one from the wing and one from the 45, bringing it back to a two-point game at 13 points to 11. A Nicky Clear free then was cancelled out by a James Stevens flurry of points as Niall Brazel, a brilliant score from Owen Gilfoyle from the wing who came on in the second half, as well as two further scores from Niall Brazel and Willie Spencer turned the momentum of the game with James Stevens now leading by 15 points to 14. The game was drawn level in the 47th minute from Nicky Clear, but that lead wasn't to be held for Bennis Bridge as James Stevens bagged the opening goal of the game. As Willie Spencer got on the end of the ball, Tygo Dwyer made a dashing run, found the space and fired the ball into the back of Enda Clear's net to put smiles on the James Stevens' faces as they led 115 to 15 points and the tide was turning in UPMC Nolan Park. Bennis Bridge did respond though to that goal straight away as Kevin Blanchfield set up Nicky Clear to level the game at 1.15 apiece heading into the final five minutes. But a flurry of scores from Tygo Dwyer, Andy Parsons and Owen Gilfoyle sealed a 120 to 115 win as the James Stevens men came into their own in the final section of the game. 
It was a flat first half. The second half came alive as James Stevens upped the tempo with Keane Kenny putting in a man of the match display and picking up the St. Canis's Credit Union man of the match award for his sweeper role at centre back. While Owen Gilfoyle, who came on as a substitute, put in a very good showing. And Tygo Dwyer, who is very, very strong for James Stevens, especially in the dying moments when the game could have been won and lost, also putting in a star showing. So a five-point winning margin for James Stevens. They advance to the semi-finals now, where they'll face city rivals Dixborough. And that was our own Liam Kelly O'Rourke. And can I wish a happy birthday to my good friend, Barry Henriquez of Callan, today from Jim Rowan. There you go, Barry. I'm sure they'll all be popping in now that they know today is your birthday. We would not even dare ask you, Barry, what uh, birthday, what number it is, but we'll leave that for another day. After the game yesterday, we met up with the uh, St. Canis's Credit Union Community Radical Kenny City Man of the Match. Keen Kenny. Congratulations, Keen. A really strong last ten minutes there won that match for you. But how are you liking the centre half back? You're you're making some job of it there. I <laughs> uh, look it's whatever the whatever the team needs work being put in, um I'll go. I Shen came to me and asked me and I said, Jen, no bother at all. And how are you climbing? I mean you're you're really playing a roving role there and you're you've got so well used to the position in the last couple of matches. I uh, look midfield is is kind of the same as centre back, you know, you're playing the you have the same defensive mindset as you would as playing midfield, so you just kind of take it in as you're playing midfield, but you're playing more defensive, and you have to look after your full back line a bit more as well. Well, two wins in the championship now is really good from your perspective because you're going into a semi-final now after two very good wins and two hard-earned wins as well. Yeah, exactly. Look, uh, Liz Downey was they're a tough team, you know, dogged team, and we had to grind that win out. And we did, and we done the same today, which is which is good, you know. And we just want to drive on now and just perform very well as a team, not as individuals. You were working well out of the, the backs as well. You were moving onto the ball well, good off the shoulder pass. I think that's something that Seamus and, and Brian and that in training are certainly working on with you I'd imagine Yeah 100% sure the way the game has gone at the moment you know um, there's no point in working hard for it get the ball back as position and then just driving it the team it's good to have players around you that you're able to move off the shoulder because it, it there's a lot less work than just driving up and having a 50-50 chance you're better giving the, your own forward a better better go well, at I it I mean the league wasn't great for you but you're, you're so steady improvement to the championship and that's a good sign of a team and uh, that brings confidence to a team as well and you could see there as the game progressed you were playing with more confidence yes 100% the league the league for us anyway is just trying to get performance out one each other and building unity in the team because the team is everything you know when you have a team there you can go a long way in championship now what, just the semi-final obviously at this stage you don't know who you're playing and you don't mind at this stage to get to the semi-final has always been an ambition of James Stevens, you're such a, a strong club here in the city and in the county. 100% look, everyone wants to be winning championships and we're 60 minutes away from getting to a county final so that's what we're thinking of it anyway. Well done Keane, congratulations. Thanks very much, appreciate it. That was uh, Keane Kenny our demand of the match and we also spoke now before we go to a break to Seamus Hodewire, the James Stevens uh, coach. Uh, Seamus Hodewire, a well deserved win, a really good closing 10 minutes saw you through in that match. Yeah look it could have went either way, obviously it was very tight and we were looked at stages like we were gasping for air but thankfully we, we managed to kind of stay in the game and then finish finish strongly. We were surprised to see Keane Kenny maybe being switched to a centre half back maybe a few weeks ago but it's a, it's a move that has really worked well for you because he's, he's not just playing really well as a defender but he's working well with the rest of his defence and building a lot of attacks right from uh, the defensive role. Ah for sure yeah look he's a he's a talented player and I don't I think if you're a talented player centre back or centre field or centre forward you know what I mean They're, if you're able to play you're able to play and he's, he's definitely he's doing what he's supposed to be doing but All over the field though I think the work rate is improving over since the league I know you've had stiff words with him after the league you didn't like to be down in potential relegation territory but you've really worked hard on that against Liz Downey didn't go all your own way but the, but the team itself though is playing with more confidence and not giving up Ah for sure yeah look I suppose that's, that's the hallmarks of any successful team is 
is that part has to be right like you know if that's not right all of the, the fancy stuff goes out the window if you don't have the ball and if you won't compete for the ball so thankfully we have the penny has dropped and you know the lads are really applying themselves the way they're supposed to Great to see the likes of Owen Kidfoyle coming on there and uh, saying to the selectors I want to be in for the next day and that's the sort of competition that, that makes a, a team go from a good team to a great team Absolutely yeah in fairness to him he took it on the chin and, and he responded there when he came on he done, he done really well So in terms of the semi-finals James Stevens, they're a club with great tradition there's pressure on from within the whole supporter base to get to the semi-final and maybe get to the county final does that put extra pressure on you as coming from maybe outside the club as the as the coach ah, not really no look there won't be any bonfires lighting in Larsfield tonight after winning a quarter final you know they were very realistic about where we're at but we're also the club as you say is a history of success and you know we're looking to try and add to that but you're pleased with the way the players have progressed in the last couple of matches because I think they've been their work rate is the thing that stood out and uh, they're plenty of great teamwork there that got you through both of those matches ah, yeah, absolutely yeah look they're fighting for each other you know they're fighting for each other and they're playing as a team and I suppose in the league we were trying different things and look we were trying to win games you know we just weren't good enough to win them at the time but thankfully we've seemed to have turned a bit of a corner and our, definitely our attitude and our performances have improved along the uh, way and finally Seamus I'm sure the presence of Brian Cody in the background there talking to the players and uh, the, the words of wisdom that comes from him it's not an accident that things have maybe stepped up since he became involved I oh, know absolutely no. look a, a huge addition to us you know and, and we're delighted to have him in involved and look it can only add to it you know thanks Seamus and good luck thanks Nicky OK, that was Seamus on the wire. And uh, we'll have Pat Tracy with today's game in UPMC Nolan Park, the Borough and the Mullinavat after we take this break. The Voice of the Black and Amber. Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Jadwick's Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM for Top Class Sport. And you're very welcome back to Talk Sport here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Well, the game today, we were looking forward to a double header in UPMC Nolan Park today, but we only had one game. Sadly, the second game had to be called off due to the death of Patrick Holden of uh, Ballyhale, father of Joey and the rest of his family, of course. And we again send our condolences. But we did have Dixborough and Mullinavat. Mullinavat were improving big time in recent matches. Dixborough had uh, really got back on the horse big time after the defeat by Benesbridge early. Pat Tracy, tell us how it went. Yeah, well, 319 to 111, the win for Dixborough, and they were without uh, Killian Buckley. Uh, they opened the score, and in 20 seconds, Timmy Clifford uh, slotting to the net after uh, great work by uh, Mark Nolan. And uh, they were 1 3 to no score up uh, by the seventh minute before John Walsh pointed a free. But uh, the scoring continued for uh, the borough with Andy Gaffney on target from all distances and angles from free and play. And uh, they were coming up into injury time in the first half they were leading 110 to 5 points but it got worse for Mullinabat just before half time as uh, Lee Maher um, or I should say uh, Lee Moore uh, got on to uh, a breaking ball inside the defence and shot to the net Andy Gaffney also pointed 211 to 5 points by half time in fairness to Mullinabat they came out strongly in the second half forced to 65 as uh, Dara Hoolhan flicked the ball over the end line after severe pressure Johnny Walsh pointed and then um, Andy Gaffney replied with a free but uh, John Walsh was on hand to bang the ball to the net in the third minute he followed that up with a pointed free and you felt Mullinavat were up and running but for Mullinavat the next 10 minutes were uh, scoreless and uh, that was uh, where their chances really faded and uh, when they did score they had a shot four wides as well and uh, the Borough led 2 
13 to 1 8, and uh, then two points from Harry Shine and Bill Sheen. Well, it sets uh, the borough on their way to an emphatic victory. And before the end of the game, Andy uh, Gaffney got inside the uh, Mullinavat defence and lashed the ball to the net 317 to 1 8. And uh, the Borough were in a semi-final. Very impressive from uh, Dixborough. Uh, they won all the battles all over the field, were the better hurling team and fully deserved their victory. Disappointing day for Mullinavat after uh, their heroics against O'Loughlin's the week before. And the Borough winning there 3-19 to 1-11. Yeah, comprehensive win by the Borough there in good, uh, good form going in against James Stevens. We're equally in good form. We're looking forward to that game already next Sunday, of course, and for the game before that will be Clark versus Shamrock's Bally Hale which was not played today for reasons I've just spoken about well after the game today I caught up with the uh, St. Canis' Credit Union Community Radical Kenny City Man of the Match Andy Gaffney Congratulations Andy a, a very good win and an impressive performance you had a huge start there and you never looked back Yeah I suppose it was just just about getting a good start and then going from there um, we knew it would be a tough battle against Mullinavat they were big and physical so we knew what we had to do anyway so Yeah well look you were, you were well in control of the match Maybe they made a little bit of a good start at the beginning of the second half, but it was a game that you always had control of. Yeah, well, I suppose we never... It was always going to be the case where each team had their own purple patch, and it's just about kind of figuring out how to slow it down and stop it. But I think we've done that fairly well, and when they got their patch, we seemed to deal with it fairly well. Now, we've just heard over the tannoy there that uh, you're drawn against James Stevens in the semi-final. Uh, for everybody involved, maybe the two teams as well, that's going to be a cracking game. Yeah, it should be a good game, yeah. Yeah, we've played each other a few times over the last year, so... It's always a tough battle, so we just have to be ready for it. Yeah. You've been really going well this year. Good team play after the first hiccup against the bridge. You've really been mortaring well. Uh, yeah, I suppose the first loss against uh, Bennis Bridge kind of gave us the kick in the backside that we probably needed. But, um, yeah, it's just about kind of figuring out what we need to do and just doing it. Thanks, Andy. Well done. Thanks very much. That was Andy Gaffney. I also caught up with the Dixborough manager, Michael Walsh. Michael Walsh, congratulations, Michael. A really efficient display. And Barris was a small period to start the second half. It was a game you controlled all through. Yeah, um, you know, that we trained very hard. Last week, we were a bit disappointed in the Shield final, the way it went on us. But look, it's all about today from the start of the year, we said that. And just delighted with the performance today. But we know you have to step it up again now after drawing our rivals. The village in the semi-final, so they were excellent here yesterday. So a great match next Sunday. Look forward to it. Yeah, you built well from the back, I thought, for a lot of your scores. You worked hard and uh, your, your movement in the forwards really had Mullinavati in a lot of bother in the first half. Well, yeah, yeah, no, our forwards did move well, but our, we worked very hard. We just looked for work rate really around the field and we, we do train to use the ball well, but look at um, the Sterner test of weights and we know that as well. But look, all we can do is what we did on the day now. I'd be a bit concerned that we gave up quite a few goal chances in that game and, you know, maybe a more clinical forward line would have punished us, but look, at that's for another day. We'd have to work on that. Yeah, well, listen, it's great that you have something to work on like that because when you go back to training on Tuesday night now you can you can talk about these things to the lads and they're all a smart group of players they know there is a room for improvement yeah I know and there is every day you go out there is and certainly what we did today won't be good enough uh, next Sunday as I said I was first impressed with the village yesterday and they're coming strong And but look we have a bit of momentum now as well we needed that we needed a good display we found it hard to get over quarter finals in the past and, and, and we did so in style today so we, 
just need to push it on now. Yeah, and, and players are maturing there. We know there's a number of lads we know well enough in the Borough team, but newer lads are coming in and they're stamping their authority on that match. And the younger lads that you've had, 17, 19, 21, they're all stepping up and they're finding the, they're finding their way in senior very well. Yeah, well, look, that's like I suppose that was pr- probably the thing at the start of the year to try and bring these lads through as best, best as we possibly could because it needed to change a bit, like you know, and you know these fellas are chomping at the bit. They're really good at athletes they're really good hurlers they train very hard they're very very into it and you know we had to be seen to give them their chance and look at they've taken it very well so far and finally look at these lads have come through many winning teams with yourself over the last couple of years so winning is not new to them but uh, still when you wear the senior jersey winning is always that bit tougher well it's massive there's, there's no comparison uh, like you're looking at you know and, and the boys know that they'll know that at the end of this year as well it's whenever that'll be it's it's just so hard at senior level you just you know you have to earn your stripes and it really does take you need experience as well and you know we lost Killian Buck before the match and that's a concern for us as well we'd love to have him but look at we have a good panel and we just we just got on with it will he be okay for next Sunday not sure yet have to wait and see okay thanks very much Michael thanks Nicky okay that was Dick's Borough manager Michael Welsh he's in good fettle and uh, look we want to see Killian Buckley playing we want to see no manager no player missing important matches for any team in the county now we're going to move on to the junior championship and this weekend it was uh, it was knockout time for some teams and uh, go forward for others first game we have here is um, John Locks versus Sleeve Rua. Report from John Henriques. In the JJ Kavanagh Junior Championship, John Locks one goal and 15 points, Sleeve Rue two goals and 11 points. The first round Junior Championship in Piltown yesterday was an honest affair. The winners never gave up their die-hard attitude nor their determination to go the full nine yards. Sleeve Rue will regret their woefully poor attempt at scoring from some efforts that would merit the rather easy factor. In fact, their post-match and post-mortems would justifiably allude to the fact that if they had capitalised on free chances available, they would make a case they would have won with a little in hand. On the John Locke side, one of the one would suggest that for the accuracy of their centre forward Ryan Berrigan, from place balls, from all distances and angles, and indeed from open play, they would be finished with competitive hurling until 2023. Sleeve Rue led from the start with a Paul Rocket free, but the Callan lads caught them and went by with three Berrigan frees. After 15 minutes, the Locks led by four points to two, with the winners leading by six points to four inside the final few minutes of the first half. A Paul Rocket goal forced his side to the front, but within the final few minutes of the half, two points by Berrigan had level matters. Half-time, John Locks eight points, Sleeve Rue won five. The sun shone early in the game for Sleeve Rue. They didn't make hay. Ultimately, it would be their downfall. A goal by Martin Dowling in the 41st minute pushed Sleeve Rue to the four by two points. Now, Ryan Berrigan free in the 49th minute had the Callan lads level. Sleeve Rue went two up with a Paul Rocket free in the 52nd minute, but the Callan lads are nothing if not hard to beat. They were looking defeat in the face, but a superb solo effort by Ryan Berrigan left Shane Wall helpless in the Sleeve Rue goal. A point by the same player left the deficit at two points in Callan's favour. In a hectic final few minutes, including at a time, the lock stood defiant, tough and uncompromising. It was a super win for the much underrated John Locks, who had great servants to the cause in Colin McGrath, Adam O'Sullivan, Owen Scriven, Robert Kerwick when he came out the field and Brian Doheny, with Ryan Berrigan, the brightest star on the park. Sleeve Rue had fine performers in Niall Walsh, Paul Rocket and Craig Phelan. Full-time score here, a John Locks victory, 115, Sleeve Rue, 2-0.
211. And with thanks to John Henriques and uh, a certain Barry Henriques also. Well done, lads. Well, St. Patrick's Valley Ragged uh, took on Wine Gap or vice versa, depending on what way you want to look at it. And uh, we had hoped to have a report from that, but I managed to put this together myself. We won't even tell you how I did it. Here it goes. JJ Kevin and Sons Premier Junior Hurling Championship Section A Wine Gap 118 St. Patrick's Valley Racket 18 Pints 5 points in the closing stages of the game are key to wind up overcoming St. Patrick's Valley Racket in a keenly contested second round tie on Saturday. There was no separating two evening match teams during the opening half. Emmett Landy, prominent all through the game, opened the scoring for the winners from a free, with Jack Morrissey levelling from a line ball two minutes later. Points from Bill Staunton and Richie McAvoy had St. Patrick's into the lead, but the pattern of play all through the opening half saw tit-for-tat scoring up to the interval whistle. James Power, Jack Doyle and Emmett Landy landed further points for the winners, with Kevin Kelly, Jack Morrissey, Barry Staunton and Jeff Morrissey replying for the Ballyracket men, and this saw the sides level at eight points each at halftime. The closeness of the exchanges continued in the second half, with Emmett Landy from a free and Jeff Brennan pointing for Wine Gap and St. Pat's respectively. The only goal of the game arrived three minutes into the second half, with James Power finding the net for Wine Gap. When they added a point immediately afterwards from Sean Purcell, the momentum was with the winners. But credit to the Ballyragget men as they responded impressively with points from Jack Morrissey, Bill Staunton and Keane Doheny to bring the margin back to a single point. It remained a one-point game when James Power and Bill Staunton swapped points, but the contest was all square on 11 minutes when Ned Glennon pointed for Ballyragget. The Northerners led two minutes later when Kevin Kelly pointed, but the pendulum again swung in Wines Up's favour when Emmett Landy and Niall Wanch pointed to see their side ahead by a single point ten minutes from the finish. Two minutes later it was the Ballyracket men's turn and they took the lead with a brace of Jack Morrissey points but they could not build on that brief moment of superiority. Instead it was the Winegap men that put in a whirlwind finish, landing points from Pat Grace, Jack Dial 2, James Power and Emmett Landy to push the lead out to four points. Jack Morrissey pointed a line ball close to full time but the clock ran out on St Pat's with Winegap recording a merited victory and with it a place in the next round of the championship. Final score, Winegap 118. St. Patrick's Valley Ragged 18 points. OK, well done to Winegap and for uh, their troubles now they must play uh, Tullahoros Birkin in the uh, quarter of quarters of the championship so that's uh, going to be a tough one for them. OK, let's uh, let's take a break and uh, we're just struggling to get hold of a few lads but we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll pull the oracle after the break. The Voice of the Black and Amber Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Chadwick's sponsoring Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM. Well, this weekend we saw the semi-finals of the um, Section B of the uh, Junior and uh, we should hopefully we'll have um, Tom O'Hanlon with us later and trying to get him on the phone. But uh, Richie McAvoy, Richie, the uh, match against the Borough yesterday was just a step too far for you. But you had a fair good year in Junior B, the, the Junior Section B this year. <laughs> We did, Nicky. Yeah, very good year. Um, yeah, as you say, yesterday was a step too far after a great performance the previous Sunday in, against James Stevens in the league final. Just narrowly tripped after extra time. Yeah, we, we, yeah, I saw the explorer during the week. They gave a right trim into Shamrock's Valley Hill and uh, to, to get to play yourselves and all that. They're, of, they're more than a useful team and will be a fair match for any junior team. They will, and they started off against us the same way as they finished against Valley uh, Hill. They, they, they got 2 3 up before we had a score on the board at all. But in fairness, our lads dug deep after that and kind of match and score for score nearly till the end of the first half. And then uh, again for a little bit of the second half, and then they just pulled away. So they, they're, uh, I know they're, they're the Dixborough strong teams that are, and having played both both James Stevens and Dixborough, it'll be a, a right good final in that in the B section as well. Yeah, but uh, it's been generally a good year for you, and I mean, it's a good way of uh, blooding players for uh, for your senior team. 
it, it, yeah, it, it's excellent. And um, was meant there was fourteen players that we wouldn't that, that should have been available for our junior team, but for one reason or another, between uh, playing up to senior and injuries and availability, that we didn't have available to us yesterday. So it, no, it was a good season for the for the lads. A great season, so it was just a pity to go out in, in that form after such a good uh, match the previous Sunday. We would like to give them a lot better team. Of course, that now of of course all the focus now is on uh, next Saturday over in Freshford at half twelve against Ballycallan. So uh, it's a game that uh, you're well capable of winning and uh, well but Ballycallan are too so it could be a right good game because uh, I'm sure Liz Downey they absolutely want to retain their senior status because you had a, a great first year and maybe there's often second year syndrome maybe didn't quite go as well 100 percent we, we need to stay up you have a lot we have a lot of young lads coming through we, we need to stay up and the, the lads are capable of doing it today if we can just hold for 60 minutes and not concede easy scores as, as we have been doing in, in some of the previous matches uh, we, we, we worry anybody like and we just need to, to, to stay with stay with teams and pull away from teams when we have to because uh, there, there, no, there is a good bunch and thankfully we're uh, pretty injury free maybe only one or two doubtful uh, going, going into next Saturday so the, the management have an early full hand to pick from so they do OK Richard we'll let you go thanks for that we'll be at that game it'll be our live game on Saturday and uh, we'll talk to you over in Freshford thanks for that Thanks, Thanks, Thanks Richard, very much. very much. Richie McAvoy there, giving us a help out this evening. We'll move on to minor. We might pick up on those junior games later, but in the minor Honda, Kilkenny Honda Centre, minor A hurling semi-final, it was James Stevens 120, Aaron Zone 115. Aaron Zone played with the breeze in the opening half. They started off very well and enjoyed a lot of possession, with Michael Brennan was to the fore from playing freeze for the, for the Comer lads. Five, in fact, of the Aaron Zone six forwards scored in the first half, so it gives an idea of uh, how well things were going for the Comer men. Indeed, a Jay Connery goal for James Stevens was a big score in that first half and at the interval the Comer boys led 111 to 10 points but they probably needed to be a little further ahead given the strength of the breeze. With the wind as their backs James Stevens came much more into the game in the second half as Aaron Zone struggled to get the adequate, an adequate ball up to their attack. Comer lads nevertheless defended tenaciously with Joey Ryan and Connor Brophy outstanding. The village side took the lead 20 minutes into the second half with a goal from their midfielder Sean Bergen and key to the improved second half showing for the winners was an outstanding contribution from halfbacks Oshin Bateman and Sean Dealey. While Kilkenny minor of this year Ed McDermott he wasn't able to start the game as he rolled his ankle in the pre-match warm-up but he came on in the second half and his presence boosted the Jem Stevens team. With more ball coming their way the winners forwards continued to add to their side scoring and Stephen Minogue made a fine contribution of 8 points from freeze over the 60 minutes. James Stevens controlled the game in the closing stages and emerged worthy winners on a score of 120 to 115 and they'll now play their Cross City rivals Dixborough in next Saturday's county final in UPMC Lowland Park at 3 o'clock in a game that you can hear live on Community Radio Kilkenny City now the other game was and we'll be going to uh, Shane Coogan for some uh, updates on the Dick on the Roar in Steeg and uh, St Martin's game shortly but first here is a report on the Borough uh, Jim, uh, Jake Belly Callan now it's, uh, it's my voice but thanks to Eamon Butler for his hard work Kilkenny Honda Centre Minor A Hurling Championship semi-final Dixborough 317 Greg Ballycallan 215 
On Saturday morning in John Locke Park, Callan, Dixborough and Greg Valley Callan met in the Kilkenny Honda Centre Minor A Hurling Championship semi-final with a place in next week's county final at stake. The Borough lads were looking to reach the decider once more after last year's success. For Greg Valley Callan, a Minor A county final beckoned for the first time since 2002. Dixborough were forced to the scoreboard with a well-taken goal from full forward Billy Fitzpatrick. Arden McAvoy responded for Greg Valley Callum with three pints, two frees and one from play, before Fitzpatrick responded with a pint from a free for the city side. After 21 minutes, both sides were all square, one four to seven pints, with McAvoy and Fitzpatrick the only scorers for both teams up to that stage. This soon changed when Brian Moore went on a run through the Bally Callan defence and finished to the net. After 22 minutes, Dixborough led 2-5 to 7 points. Greg Bally Callan responded with three more place balls from McAvoy as Dixborough conceded 14 frees in the first half. Michael Steins completed the scoring in the first half as he pointed on the run to get his first score of the day. He would end up with a final tally of one fine from play during the course of the game. That left the half-time score at Dixborough 2-7, Greg Bally Callan 10 points. Brian Moore and Michael Stein stretched Dixborough's lead early in the second half before Aaron McAvoy coolly finished a 21-metre free to the corner of the Burnet. After 39 minutes, it was a two-point game. Dixborough 2-10, Greg Ballycallan 1-11. Ryan Corcoran and Billy Fitzpatrick traded scores before Greg Ballycallan were awarded a penalty on 45 minutes. Arden McAvoy was once again on hand to finish to the net on a day where he would score two goals and 13 points. With 14 minutes left, Greg Ballycallan led 2-14 to 2-11. However, after the 50th minute, Dixborough came much more into the game, with Evan Murphy dominating at centre-back and Tom McPhillips linking up well with the Borough forwards. Michael Steins netted the Boris third goal, six minutes from time, to regain the lead for the city side. This proved to be the all-important score, which swung the final strongly in favour of the winners, and they outscored their opponents 1-7 to a point in the closing stages. Dixborough were deserving winners with five points to spare at the finish over Greg Belly Callan, and the Borough now move on to next weekend's county final, where city rivals James Stevens will provide the opposition. From a Greg Belly Callan perspective, there was plenty of optimism for the future with this young side. They just came up short on the day, but only managed four points from play throughout the six minutes and this was not sufficient against a well-balanced Dixborough side. Final score from John Locke Park, Dixborough 317, Greg Bally Callan 215. Yeah, well done there to the Borough and that's the Borough James Stevens again in the county final. That's three big games are going to play against one another very shortly. Now a result from the under six, under 13A semi-final, it was John Locke's 10 points, Barry Rangers 1-5. Barry was at the first half and he might give us a, a note and uh, he's, he's obviously in powerful order here but before we ask Barry about that, a cracking minor semi final yesterday in the B between at St. Martin's and the Roar in the Steag and at that game for us was uh, Shane Cogan. Shane? Right Nicky, yeah, cracking game as you said um, very entertaining high high intensity, had everything had everything, brought everything to it, it's the best game of the weekend I have seen um, there was a puck of a ball at the end of it, uh, final score Roar in the Steag 3-14 St. Martin's 2-16 after extra time um, at half time the Roar led 2-7 to 7 points they were going well hurling well Owen Ling they had two goals from Joe Mulholland their centre forward to score two very good goals ran a good bit with the ball finished the ball to net very good um, St. Martins were hanging in there Michal Keane Sean Hunt Michal Renan Patrick Patrick Coughlin they were all hurling well hurling well in their own right hurling well keeping in it anyway at the, in the second half, they outscored the Roar by one seven to four points, which ended up at the end of normal time. Um, St. Martin's uh, two eleven or the Roar two eleven, St. Martin's one fourteen. So then we had extra time, two ten minutes, two cracking ten minutes. Uh, in the first, in the first yoke of ten minutes, 
young Michal Kane got a goal for St. Martins to, to put him into the driving seat. Um, then, after that, uh, the roar got back into it. Uh, it was nip and tuck, point, point. There wasn't too much scored. Uh, second period of extra time, the all-important goal from the same man again, Joe Mulholland, to, to finish with his hat-trick. Ran from about 45 yards, the whole way in, buried the ball to the net. St. Martins had one chance to level the game to bring it to penalties. A free from Sean Hunt, which, unfortunately for himself, after playing a very, very good game, the ball was saved and it was blown off. So, the final score, the Roar 3-14, St. Martins 2-16. But a very, very, very good game. Shane, your fantastic report. Well done, Shane. Thanks for helping us out. We'll, we'll get you again. Thanks, Shane, for your time. No bother. Thanks, Thanks Shane. Again. OK, Thank that you. was Shane Coogan. And a uh, young man, uh, delighted to be part of the team here. Well done, Shane. And uh, Barry Henrique, as we just had a result in there from uh, Freshford, Emeralds, a comprehensive win over Connie Shamrocks in the minor C semi-final, 5-15 to 1-5. It means now that um, Emeralds will play St. Lactons. They had a big win earlier, 2-17 to 3-3 over the Borough in the C final. Um, Pat, uh, Galway, or Glenmore and Thomastown, pretty comprehensive for Glenmore, or for Thomastown, I should say, and uh, they're possibly even the favourites going in, you might think, going into the final. Yeah, Thomastown uh, dominating the game from uh, start to finish, and uh, the one, uh, I think, 214 to 1-6, so against Glenmore, and uh, in the final now against the Rolling Steag, and uh, uh, Thomastown uh, probably have a stronger team overall, while the Rolling Steag uh, depend, depend on a, a two or three uh, very good players, but uh, that win for the Rolling Steag was uh, certainly a, a one that uh, they'll relish, because it looked as if the game was really gone against them, and uh, that uh, St. Martins were on their way to win it with the way they were playing in the second half and indeed at half time in uh, extra time they looked likely winners but uh, should be a good final and uh, both teams going to Nolan Park next Saturday that's right that's a that's a one o'clock game in UPMC Nolan Park we'll have updates on that game as it is taking place let's go back to the um, uh, junior section B and a cracking game this morning between Moonkind and James Stevens. and I uh, know Tom uh, Hannan you'll be disappointed Tom a one point margin there's always ways you look back on the match and say how you could have won it that's right yeah um, it was a very exciting <coughs> game actually all through uh, closely fought and uh, scoreline at half time was 1-8 for the village and, and 8 points to Moonkind. But almost straight away from the throw in the second half, they, they got a goal and Munkine got a goal straight away back. And dominated, I, I would have to say, most of the second half. And But for probably injuries to our centre-back, and uh, uh, Shawnee Brennan and, and Stephen Corey at midfield, disrupted the flow of the game somewhat and the village edged away back into course of course of some brilliant free-taking from David Walton. He, I think he put over five or six very good frees during the game. Um, the, the stars for the village, of course, Jackie Terrell and Owen Lachman were, I would say, well held on the day, but uh, David stepped up. And then there was a player midfield for the village, I don't know, I didn't get his name, but he got the look of the draw the, what, about two minutes ago when the ball came out back off the post and he buried the rebound to the net. And that was really the killer stroke and, and uh, killed our chance in the game. Uh, narrow defeat by a point, as you say, but a very good game. OK, Tom, look, thanks for that, Tom. And that's, uh, uh, you had a great game during the week there, defeating Aaron's own. But look, these things come up, but all eyes now on the big one next Saturday against the Roar. Tom, we'll get, we'll surely, we'll be talking to you on that one on Sunday evening as well. Thanks for your help, Tom. 
Okay, thanks. Thanks. Okay, that's Tom O'Hanlon and uh, Pat will now get Bear Scott on the phone. I'll call out some of the local soccer results. It was in the Lens API Junior Cup. Bridge United 7, Dolman Celtic 2, Callion United 4, Bagnestown 4, Bagnestown 1, 5 4 on penalties. Evergreen 6, Castle Warren Celtic 0, Fort Rangers 2, St. Pat's Boys 1. And we had Jim on the phone with Quibre Lallan there some time ago, and he's a happy punter. Freebooters 4, Lions 1, Vale Wanderers. 6, Tullerone 2 and Wexford Bohemian 2nd team 1 St. Canis's 4 so well done to St. Canis's Tommy Hackett was on earlier also talking to us about that match uh, we'll go straight to uh, Bear Scott who has the results from the core I think it was today Bear that's right Nick the core where they began at one twenty-five. the first race was won by number 6 Espionage 9-4 favourite second was number 12 Sierra Blanca 12-1 and third was number 5 Djokovic 100-30 and 12 Rand the 155 just went to number 12 Stormy Starry Heavens 4-1 second here was number 8 Mount King 3-1 giant favourite and third was number 6 Rubio Draca 15-2 number 1 was the other giant favourite and 14 Rand the 230 this was won by number 1 Lord Masseuse is 9-4. Second was number 6, Freedom Falls, 2-1 to one favour. And third, number 8, Net Porto Queen, 13-2. And 8 Rand. The 305 was won by number 1, Art Power, Evans favour. Second was number 4, Sam Maximus, 9-1. to one. Number 8 was a non-runner there, and 7 Rand. The... 340, this was won by number one, Basil Martini, 12 to 1. Second was number six, Ganchor, and 28 to 1. And third was number seven, Keep in Touch, 17 to 2. Beaten favour here was number two, and 10 Ryan. 415, the Irish Cesarvage was won by number 30, Waterville, a 5 to 1 favour. Second was number 18, Echoes and Rain, 6 to 1. Third, number 24, Lot of Joy, 13 to 2. And fourth, number 12, Ruling, 33 to 1, and 30 Rand. The 445 went to number 9, Devore, 9 to 1. Second was number 1, American Sanjay, the 9 to 4 favour. And third was number two, Man of Eden, 15 to 2. Number seven was an honor there, and 11 ran. And finally, the five won by number 18, Zoffman, 13 to 2. Second was number 17, Rare Middleton, 28 to 1. Third was number nine, Hibernia Opposites, 11 to 2. Number two was an honor, number eight was the beaten favour, and 24 ran. Fair, as always, thank you very much. Okay, take care. care. Okay, we have two junior uh, games that we just can't get hold of our men there. Uh, Greg Namana had a good 219 to 114, eight point win over Kilmacow, and uh, they're going uh, quite well on that one. And also today, doubt in Jenkinstown, Blacks and Whites, they came good against the Emeralds, 116 to 16 points. And uh, the Blacks and Whites will now play uh, John Locks of Callan in the uh, next stage of the Championship, while Greg Namana will have a stiff test against Piltown. Barry Henry are you happy to see coming up against the Blacks and Whites there Callan you had a good win over Sleeve Roo I was a good win yeah as, as John said in his report there it was a tough game uh, it wasn't a great game you wouldn't pay an awful lot of money to win and see it uh, but uh, the Callan has really doubled down when it really mattered Sleeve Roo blew it blew it for themselves they're, 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 as John said in his report their shooting was absolutely deplorable if they were only half right with their shooting they probably would have won the match but fair Steve to the Callan has the 
they stuck in there, they stayed there, and they went the full, as John said, the nine years. And just to let listeners know that Pat O'Flynn, he often is on the programme here with us. He is after coaching Palatine into the Carlos Senior Football Final. I don't know who they're playing yet, but uh, it's a fair old achievement there. Well done, Paddo. Uh, I knew there was a big ball stuck in you somewhere. Barry Henriquez, to win that under to win that under 13A semi-final today. Now, I know it's fair to steam to Barry Rangers as well. A bit of a, is there a bit of a big resurgence happening in Callan? There is. I don't know there is ever, but it's as a direct result of an awful lot of hard work by a lot of mentors here. Like, when, like the whole three of us, were, when we were with teams, we thought there was nothing better than us. I mean, we were, we were the, nobody could do it better than us. But there's a lot of young men coming on and they're picking up teams, by the way, and they're, go on, Pat, you have something. But, edifying, but you have a big population, they, they have a big, uh, they have a big population out there, Pat. Yeah, right? well, uh, Callan uh, are, uh, are doing well. Under 13, under 15, uh, they're very, very good. Yeah. And uh, just uh, remarking on that, I was passing by Dane's Fort this morning. You know, Tony Woodcock is one of the, uh, he's uh, a selector with the seniors. Well, he was out there with the under uh, under 10s and had a challenge match against Carrick Shock, you know. Uh, that's the kind of work that's going on with, 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 with lads in clubs everywhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, we'll see now because there's obviously a big, big appointment coming up at county board level in the not-too-distant future, a big high-performance coaching role. So let's see, maybe that person might uh, be able to give some guidance as well. We certainly uh, wish him along the way. We'll, uh, we have pretty much wrapped up this evening. We will have the senior relegation final live next Saturday and then we head straight to UPMC Nolan Park for the minor A county final and then on Sunday we will have the two senior games live from UPMC Nolan Park and thanks to everybody. Thanks to uh, St. Canis's Credit Union who supported us with the Man of the Match Awards today. Went down very, very well indeed. Well done to all the players. That's it. Tommy Dowd coming up next. We'll be back tomorrow evening out to TC Terrors World at Gaelic Games with uh, Kieran Neary. Until then, Sloan August Spanox.